following Dharma talk was presented at Common Ground Meditation Center, Minneapolis, Minnesota, as part of the weekly Dharma series. Well, good morning again. Uh, my name is Mira Young, and I'm uh, filling in for Mark while he's on retreat with a number of the community this weekend. And some of you may know me, and some of you don't. And in any case, I've been a longtime member of the community and uh, the Vipassana as well as Common Ground, and I've been practicing for decades <laughs> uh, meditation and integrating that into psychotherapy work, teaching mindfulness in various settings, um, mindfulness-based stress reduction in the Dharma. And I have a small center that's a stone's throw away called River's Way Meditation Center. So I'm really honored to be here. And, and I was... Um, um, really trying to think what what would what would I like to offer what could I offer the community today and what came to me what I connected to in my heart was gratitude and uh, yes it's the season coming up and I think it that the season can support our opening in in gratitude which is a very powerful practice I'd like to uh, start with, um, or continue, that, that gratitude um, meditation was by Patricia Ellsberg, yes, Daniel Ellsberg's wife, who's a Dharma practitioner at Spirit Rock. And it's in um, uh, James Berez's book, Awakening Joy, Opening in Gratitude. And this is a poem by Mark Nepo called, This Poem Should Be a Circle. I wish you the ability to breathe after pain, to begin again though nothing else seems possible. I wish you resilience to be part like the ocean and accept like the sky, to be held like a root. I wish you survival, to take in life like a trapped miner finding an air hole and praising it as God. I wish you courage to ask of everything you meet, what bridge are we, what bridge are we? I wish you chances to listen to all that holds up. I wish you the kindness that you are coming to brighten your face like orange leaves scattered at the end of fall. I wish you endless journey that seldom appears as we imagine our endless journey that seldom appears as we imagine. I wish you curiosity to make a boat of wonder and an oar of gratitude. I wish you curiosity to make a boat of wonder and an oar of gratitude. So as I was reflecting, I'm calling this talk Reflections on Gratitude, Living with an Open Heart and Living with Uncertainty. There's three, three aspects of gratitude practice that, that I, that I um, uh, feel are meaningful or, or connect for me. I don't know if this is true or not, but just this, I'm just sharing my experience of gratitude practice. And the first gratitude is um, gratitude 
for what we love, you know, the beauty, the wonder, you know, the snowflakes, the smile of a child, you know, that which develops that sense of appreciation, you know, as, as was shared in this poem and in the gratitude practice, really appreciating our life, you know, sitting with a warm cup of tea or hot soup on a cold day, um, coming to the center and feeling the peace here of all the practitioners. You know, just gratitude for whom and what we love. And that the second aspect or practice of gratitude is the one where we open to the difficulty. Pema Chodron describes this as being grateful for everyone, that we we learn to develop those muscles of can we even be gratitude, have gratitude for the difficult, for the situations that challenge us. And why? Because they are our growth. You know, if there's um, stories, many stories of teachers and sanghas where they actually want the difficult person to be there because that's, that's the yeast in the dough. If everything is smooth and wonderful all the time, like they describe the deva realm, um, the heavenly realms, um, we don't wake up. We don't pay attention. You know, it's when our buttons get pushed and when life is coming in and we're challenged is when we grow. And many of my teachers have said to me, sometimes when I'm on the phone with, I remember one teacher on the phone with him one time and, and, and talking about a very challenging situation that I was having a hard time accepting and didn't wasn't what I imagined or thought it should be. And he said, are you grateful? Are you grateful for this difficulty? And you know what I said? No. <laughs> but I'm learning. I'm learning to be grateful for the difficulty because I do see the growth. And, and a lot came from that situation. So there's that second aspect of gratitude practice. In the Tibetan tradition, and some of you may be familiar with Pema Chodron, um, they call it lojong or mind training. And then the third aspect of gratitude practice is, and I'll, I have a little reading I'd like to share about that, is that um, just accepting things as they are, gratitude for life as it is. When we come to a place of equanimity where we can just be grateful, it's not because we have something difficulty, difficult that we can sink our teeth in or that we're challenging. It's not because everything's going smooth and because we have the lovely people and things around us. Um, but it's more this gratitude that comes with equanimity, with just being able to be grateful for life as it is showing up in the moment without any agenda. Gratitude practice is, um, is usually done in relationship to joy practice. And there's the Four Noble Abodes or, or Brahma Viharas that we, we chanted the loving kindness, compassion, joy. It's often called sympathetic or empathetic joy and equanimity. And one of the ways to generate joy is gratitude. So it's usually in the section of joy. It's not a Brahma Vihara in and of itself, gratitude. But gratitude is a natural arising that comes. 
And so when you want to cultivate joy for other people's happiness, you want to cultivate joy in your life, gratitude is a wonderful bridge, a wonderful vehicle for that. You know, noticing how you're feeling after a little bit of gratitude practice. And again, today may not be an easy day for you, but actually turning the mind, even especially when we're having a hard day, and, and having a gratitude practice, maybe keeping a daily gratitude, you know, three gratitudes a day can change your attitude, you know, because everything can look so bleak, you know. And um, Pema, Pema had a little reading on right there in the moment of sadness. When you wake up in the morning and out of nowhere comes the heartache of alienation and loneliness, could you use that as a golden opportunity? Rather than persecuting yourself or feeling that something terribly wrong is happening, right here and there in the moment of sadness and longing, could you relax and touch the limitless space of the human heart? The next time you get a chance, experiment with this. So we actually open to the difficulty, and we even have the gratitude for it. And we can also bring to mind, when we're feeling blue, the Buddha said, bring to mind the wholesome. Direct your attention. Think about what else is going on when we're in the, this kind of a place. And, and when the world is so uncertain, uh, Patrice Kelchu sitting here, and I, um, we were at our community Dharma leader retreat a, a few weeks ago. And Bhikkhu Bodhi, who's a wise um, translator, uh, teacher of the Dharma, most of us, a lot of us have read his translations of the suttas and, or aspects of those. And he said that he had a simile for us. He said that the world, you know, our world, the way it's going, we're so um, lost and caught that we're like a car with the GPS going, warning, warning, we're going to a car to a cliff, and all the information telling us, you know, in the New York Times today, you know, the ice caps, the glaciers are melting, yada, yada. And we're just in this car, and the, and the passenger in the seat is saying, faster, faster. He said that's his simile of what he sees the world. It was actually quite disturbing to hear not some new age hippie dude, but to actually hear a very grounded, wise Dharma teacher, you know, being say, this is how he sees the world. And you know what his response is to that? He, he started the globe, Buddhist Global Relief Project. So serving others. And he asks us to look at where our heart is breaking to where we want to res respond or serve. So how we have gratitude even in the midst of the world's uncertainties, you know, there's so much that we don't know. And to, so to actually, an antidote to despair can be gratitude and then service. And it's when we're filled with gratitude, when we appreciate our lives, when we're not just lost and caught, then we can actually serve more. And I want to share a little bit more about that. So, um, when, when my mother um, passed away uh, early summer in her 84th year, 
I was filled with gratitude that there was the only thing that there was for me to say to her was thank you. Just thank you. And I have so much gratitude that that's how it was. So take a moment to just reflect on what you feel grateful for. It could be something small like the fact you got a parking spot out there in the lot today, you know, or that you made it here, or something in your life that you're feeling grateful for, however small or big. And also, when gratitude arises and we cultivate gratitude, we often feel a deep gratitude for the Dharma, for the teachings of wisdom and compassion. Um, some of our teachers over the years, when I when I, I've been on some longer, many longer retreats over the years, and when I went on one of my first retreats, I was filled with um, gratitude, and I expressed this to my teacher, Kamala Masters, and she said. The gratitude is a wonderful quality that I was feeling towards her because she said, when you start to feel this immense gratitude towards your teachers, like Mark and other people or people in your life, it means that the Dharma is really taking root, that your practice is growing. So gratitude can also be cultivated and can be a sign of your faith and devotion in the Dharma itself, in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, in the path of awakening. So this, there's a, a beautiful reading I came across about um, uh, with a person that they called Umbrella Man. And um, I just saw this recently in the tricycle. Um, and these students were having gratitude and honoring their teacher, Mel Weitzman, a Zen teacher, who um, turned 80 years old. And they said in Japan, they have a common custom that celebrates when a person lives for 80 years. They call it Sanju. The San of Sanju means umbrella. We use umbrella in this case because the character for eight, eight resembles an umbrella. When one teach, reaches 80, his character becomes more generous and broad-minded. His presence becomes like an umbrella, which can protect the people of the world from the rain and the wind, the sufferings that arise in life. The Buddha taught that all constructed things are impermanent and based his Dharma teaching on this. Impermanence means that our bodies and minds together with all things diminish and disappear. At the same time, it's precisely because of the impermanence that we grow and mature as years pass. To grow old is to keep tasting life anew and to gaze at the new scenery. It is to understand things that we didn't understand before and see things we didn't until now. When I was on... Uh, retreat uh, in September out at the Forest Refuge, I was, I was always amazed at the impermanence that every day you just never knew it was going to happen. And one day I came out of the hall 
and I was sitting outside and a deer and two fawns showed up and I just sat there motionless as possible and they started to get closer and the mothers checked me out and I looked at her and we had this moment and then the fawn were coming and then all I did was blink my eye and they were like <laughs> the fawn's like uh oh this thing is alive so <laughs> took off and then another time I went I'd go on walks at the end of the day at, at, at around 4 o'clock and I was out walking, I was going to go out for a walk, and I noticed the sky was getting dark, and it hadn't rained for quite a while, and, and I thought, well, that's okay, I've got my, I'm going to take my rain poncho, I'm going to have my umbrella, and, and it's okay, it'll be kind of fun to walk in the rain if the sky opens up, I'm prepared, right? So I get out there, and I'm about um, down this hill, some of you know it, you go down the hill and down this long road, and I'm on to the next part, and I'm... I'm, I'm clipping along, and all of a sudden the sky opens up. It starts to rain, no problem. Poncho, umbrella, right? Or poncho, and I'm walking along. And then the next thing you know, golf size hail. I mean, it's little hail. I mean, it's like pummeling. I mean, and I'm not kidding. I am not exaggerating. In fact, in fact, but it, it, it was pummeling so hard that the ground was filling up. And, and so I had my umbrella. Well, I had one of those little travel umbrellas. <laughs> and I'm trying to get this thing up, but I'm like under this umbrella, and the thing is, I'm going, please hold, please hold, because, you know, if they got any bigger, I didn't know if my umbrella was going to make it. And it was lightning, so I didn't want to go under a tree. So anyway, making a long story short, I'm, 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 you know, you just don't know what to expect, you know. Fawn and deer one day and hail the next. And so I'm, I'm under this thing and, you know, trying to run along the hail to get back. And um, later, I, I made it back okay. In fact, actually, a car showed up, and but he couldn't get his doors open, but I got it. I mean, it was just hysterical. And so I had this adventure, and I got back, and actually the hail was, and uh, the lightning was so strong, they actually had, um, it hit... Um, something at the building and then the fire department next thing you knew the fire department was coming in here we are in the middle of nowhere and these guys are tramping in with boots and they had to check out all the buildings because some power went out because of the lightning hit so I was very grateful to be alive talk about gratitude and when I told my teacher later my story of the umbrella um, um, and, and it was Philip Moffat who talks about how we learn to stand under the dukkha, the uncertainty and the suffering of life. And we both smiled when I told him my umbrella story, that I said, well, I was had my umbrella and it was, you know, protecting me from helping me stand under the uncertainty and the dukkha of life, which was hail in that moment. But this gratitude for the Dharma, that we have a protection, and we, by cultivating gratitude, we have a way to take care of our heart and to meet the difficulties in life. So I'm really trying to hold myself here to about 20 minutes so that we can actually have a discussion. And of course I had like twice as much information to share. Um, but I'm going to actually finish up with a healing chant so we have time for discussion. A healing chant and a poem. 
This is a, a benediction by Gary Kowalski. Go in peace, speak truth. Go in peace, speak truth. Give thanks each day. Give thanks each day. Respect the earth and her creatures, for they are alive like you. Care for your body. It's a wondrous gift. Live simply. Be of service. Be guided by your faith and not your fear. Go lightly on your path. Walk in a sacred manner. And this is a traditional Buddhist blessing and healing chant. And just to make the full circle that, as I mentioned earlier, that, that the more we can generate gratitude and look, look for it, even amidst our own difficulties in times of uncertainty, and use the difficulties themselves to generate gratitude. And that then we can come to that kind of equanimity of being able to really accept and be with life as it is, to be grateful for just this human life. And when we are feeling filled with gratitude, it, it, really, it really becomes a blessing of our life to serve others, to care, and to be kind. And it can sweeten our hearts and minds, especially when we get we get scared, like to look for where are those places of gratitude. And I hope we can have a short discussion. So this is a traditional Buddhist blessing and healing chant. Just as soft rains fill the streams, pour into the rivers and join together in the oceans, so may the power of every moment of your goodness flow forth to awaken and heal all beings. Those here now, those gone before, those yet to come. By the power of every moment of your goodness, may your heart's wishes soon be filled, fulfilled, as completely, as completely shining as the bright full moon, as magically as a wish-fulfilling gem. By the power of every moment of your goodness, may all dangers be averted and disease be gone. May no obstacle come along your way. May you enjoy fulfillment and long life. For all who whose heart dwells respect, who follow the wisdom and compassion of the way, may your life prosper in the four blessings of old age, beauty, happiness, and strength. So I'd like to open up, and I apologize for um, perhaps rushing through like a railroad, like a light rail. <laughs> um, I, I, I know it's a short time, and I, I know the kids will be coming soon, so we'll get to have gratitude for their joyful presence. So any questions or comments and anything you'd like to share, you know, of, of your own gratitude um, before we close um, this morning? Yes. One thing you shared, I was reminded of how in the 12 step programs, people appear in the midst of the, their bottom or their suffering, 
and they're immediately introduced to service. Right, right away. They're immediately introduced to sweeping the floor, arranging chairs, or after being caught in their own, and I, of course, can speak from personal experience, but their own closed world, they are immediately instructed to make coffee, to sign up for this, to hand out food. I mean, it, and, and you're kind of like a robot. You don't know what's going on, but it's that the wisdom of the forefathers of the program, which, of course, goes back centuries because people have been serving, but to just to come in in the midst of your suffering in your own closed world and self-centeredness and to be introduced to Thank you. Thank you. And I imagine that generates gratitude for the Eventually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Yes. <laughs> um, I close my eyes and you're, you had, had this talk. Think about the things we're grateful for. Um, the image of my thumb came kind of long. <laughs> 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 so I took a opposable thumbs, you know, something simple like that. Yeah. It's really important that you don't think of very often. Lovely. It's a strange image to come to you. This might have been class, so maybe But that's lovely. I mean, when something like that just just comes like some small thing that you never thought of to be grateful for. That's just lovely. Yeah, that's that kind of that wonder of seeing something new. Just a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Bruce. Yes. Um, I really liked uh, what you were talking about as far as gratitude for, for difficulties. Because although I have been really working hard on acceptance, difficulties by looking at the gratitude piece I'm going to be looking more for what are the gifts I'm receiving from these difficulties rather than all seem to accept them. And, uh, and, that, and that's a huge difference. So I just felt this shift in perception and I'll be curious to see what what fruits that bears as I as I look at it. Thank you. I had a whole story here um, from um, about a a man that was um, a teacher that was going to um, Tibet, and he heard the, how how easy and friendly and warm and helpful the Tibetan people were with him. So he brought a a Burmese tea boy to cause some ruckus. <laughs> so, you know, it, but he realized once he was there, he really didn't need to bring the tea boy. <laughs> so um, even in the, the Shangri-La, there was uh, enough dukkha for him to grow. Yes. Uh-huh. Talking about what to be grateful for, the first thing that jumped from my was Colin Brown. I do sometimes get Gratitude for our community. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
when you read the poem by Anne Elsberg, Anne Elsberg, is that her name? Patricia was the um, meditation, Patricia Elsberg, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And so it was feeling very, sort of a very um, sort of personal kind of meditation. But then I just had this incredible um, gratitude for Daniel Ellsberg and for people who take courage at times like we have now, where I'm thinking maybe he was guided a little bit by Yeah, definitely. And actually, I wanted to mention, and we can have gratitude for the release of um, Osan Tsuki. Yeah. Yes, I mean, gratitude. Who knows how long she'll be free, but she's free now. And, uh, you know, that the other thing Bhikkhu Bodhi said after meeting with our group is that there's a lot of lights in the darkness. And, and you know, we're part of that. You know, yes, Tom? In relation to her release. Yes. The comments that she made were just beautiful. Do you, I didn't hear them. Do I, I can't. You know, exactly, but she was holding no bitterness or no oh, ill feelings. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that profound? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I have gratitude for my students and the students I have So you're, you're a teacher, and you have gratitude for your your difficult students. Yeah, they help you wake up in the moment. I want to make sure people heard you. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a teacher also, and I was thinking of my students this week. I had a student that had a severe asthma attack in class and could barely breathe, and um, we were actually outside photographing and. Um, all the other students gathered near, but didn't kind of smother him. There's a couple of people that, you know, we called the office, we called the nurse, the people went for help. And basically, everyone was just so good. Mm-hmm. And this is at a school that I don't think that most people would say the students are good. <laughs> so I, I just, the next day, I was just struck by how there they were for this person. And how also my calming, kind of calming yogic breath that I was trying to do myself while I was comforting the student, may, I don't know if it helped him, but I was also trying to get him to calm and breathe more slower. So then, um, you know, I learned a little bit more about asthma, and then I talked to my students about it the next day, and they were complaining, this isn't, this isn't an asthma class, this is an art class. And I was like, this is more important. That we just stop and that, that at any moment, first of all, that you all did a great job. And then second of all, that at any moment, someone you know or you might have an asthma attack and you need to know how to slow down and breathe. And we just practice a little bit of breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. Um, but I was just grateful for that moment. And, and this, is, this is when you said that there's this one teacher that knows that all these crazy things are happening in the world and that you know, it's lemons rushing. And I, that's what I try to impress on my students, because I'm very much aware that some, to some degree, the school system is training them to be like rats in the rat race. Mm-hmm. And I don't want them in my class to be trained to do that. So, but I, you know, at the same time, I'm part of the system. So it's that ability to stop and say this is more important. So gratitude to you, gratitude for yourself, for, for for taking, for listening that way deeply, 
and, and offering that, offering that, and and offering that to your students. You know, so that that is how we we are responding. You know, and through our own practice, gratitude for the practice that you you remember how to breathe or how to be present in the moment, and then you can offer that, and and it, and it goes goes on. You know. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, the kids are here. All right, come on in. Gratitude for the kids. <laughs> we can notice how our hearts feel. Some parents are like, already? <laughs> another spot. I can't see you back there. Okay, go ahead and lead us.
So any benefits from our practice today, may they go to the benefit and awakening of all beings. And may your practice of gratitude and other practices in the Dharma deepen and grow and flower. So have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, kids and parents and everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.